Darren was sharing with us uh, what his kids said to him last night about daylight savings. I get a kick out of what little kids say, you know, and I actually ran into a friend of mine this past week, and I don't, I don't know if you'll think this is funny, actually, but uh, I got a kick out of this. And uh, so he's talking with his, his son, or actually he's talking with his wife, and this is a, he's telling me about a conversation that took place several months ago. And uh, he's talking with his wife, and this is before the election, so they're talking politics and, and these things. And he, he's got a little kid, and, and so his son interrupts him and he says, Mom, are we Democrats or Republicans? And, uh, and, and the parents not wanting to get their kids too caught up with this at a young age says, Honey, you can be whatever you want to be. And so the, my friend and his wife go back to their conversation, and, uh, and then his, his son interrupts again. Now keep in mind, this is a little guy, it's a, a little white kid, and uh, I have to say that because that's going to play on the punchline here. Uh, but he interrupts again and he says, uh, Mom, if I can be anything I want to be, I want to be an Asian American. <laughs> I don't know where he got that, but I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I get a kick out of, you, you know, we got two little kids at home. They're always saying goofy and funny things. But at West Covina Christian Church, we pride ourselves in, in being a community church, right? In which everyone is welcome, whether you're... Asian or white or black or Hispanic, whether you're Democrat or Republican or independent or just as Pastor Rick said, politically fed up. And uh, yeah, but we want to be a church in which everyone is welcome. A community church means that everyone can uh, come into our, into our midst. And so as we seek to be this type of church, uh, we've, we're, we're taking a, uh, um, a few Sundays and, and thinking about what it means to be a welcoming church. And I just want to, uh, as we uh, prepare to get into the passage that we'll look at this morning, I want to make one distinction between what we call, uh, in, in which the distinction between being friendly and being welcoming. In my mind, there's a difference at least. When, we, when I think of being a friendly church, it's a church that we go out of our way to say hello, to give a warm greeting. But to be a, fr but to be a welcoming church is when we go out of our way to be a person's friend. In other words, there's a greater depth of relationship in being a welcoming church as, as opposed to being a friendly church. And as a, and as a church, at West Covina Christian Church, we want to be a welcoming church in which we have not only just cordial relationships in which we shake somebody's hand and we wave hello, but we want to be the type of church that is welcoming people into our midst so that, they, so that we can have a depth of relationship in which we're encouraging one another to grow in our love for God and our love for one another. We put these uh, core values up on the wall, right? And the reason we have these up on the wall is because this is the, these are the type of things that as a church we want to be strong in, that this is, these, are, these are like the DNA of our church. And so in a sense, this morning we're focusing in on the one that says true community. The one here on this red sheet, true community. And what we mean by true community 
is that we would have real, deep, genuine relationships with one another. Now, relationships that go beyond just the surface things of life. And so for us to be a church of true community, it starts with how we welcome one another. It's one thing to be friendly. What We want to go beyond just saying hello and to enter into meaningful, deep relationships where we can help each other grow in our love for God and for one another. And so this morning we're going to look at a passage in which I think is a great example of how to welcome a guest into our midst. It's a story that's found in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, a story that's told about the person of Abraham. Abraham's kind of a hero of the faith. Sometimes we call him the father of the faith because from his line, the nation of Israel, who were God's people in the, in the Old Testament, uh, his, he, uh, he gave birth to this na- nation. And so here's this hero of the faith that I think gives a great example that as a church we should emulate how he welcomed three strangers into his midst. So we're going to read this passage together. This is Genesis 18. Uh, And we're going to read the the whole passage, verses 1 through 15. And as we read this, I want us to notice not only how he welcomed these people, but how he was blessed by God in doing that. Because I think uh, we will find that as a, uh, the blessing here, that as a church, there is a blessing for us as well. Genesis 18, 1 through 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sheaves of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf which had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, uh, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. Let's pray. 
Father God, as we look at this passage together, it is an interesting passage about how Abraham uh, welcomed these three uh, guests into his home. And as we consider this, I pray that you would speak to us. And ultimately, I pray that you would uh, just form us as, as individual believers in you and also as the body of Christ together as a church that you would form us to just to grow in the areas that you would have us to grow and help us as a church really to be a welcoming church that every person that would come into our midst would find this to be a place where they are welcome not only just with a friendly hello but find this to be a place where they can have a depth of relationship where they can grow in their faith so we just pray this in Jesus name Amen Okay, a couple observations from the story. Again, this is a story about Abraham welcoming three strangers into his midst. And the first thing I might point out is that Abraham was a generous host. Abraham was a generous host, okay? So Abraham's sitting in the entrance of his tent, and it says in verse 1 there that it is in the heat of the day. He lives out in a desert area. It's hot, and so they took like a siesta. It's in the middle of the day. He's taking a break from his work, and he's sitting there in the shade. And uh, he notices three uh, men that are standing nearby. Now, it could have been very easy for Abraham to just kind of turn the other way and go into the tent and uh, ignore these men that were out there. You know, he didn't know them. He didn't know who they were. He's under no obligation to greet them. But actually, he does the exact opposite. It says that he hurried and ran towards them. And when he got close, he bowed down low before them. It's, an, it's a symbol of honoring them. He's, he says, I'm blessed to be in your presence. Now, we probably wouldn't bow down low before someone. That's not our culture, right? That'd make them more uncomfortable than it would comfortable. But, you know, we would reach out and give a firm handshake and look them in the eye and, and, uh, and ask them their name. And so uh, Abraham does something similar. He shows them honor and he says, you guys have been traveling in this hot desert for a long period of time. Let me bring some uh, water and I'll wash your feet and it'll, you'll cool off and it'll feel good. And let me prepare a meal for you. And they say, okay, I'll go ahead and do this. And so he ran into his wife, Sarah, and he says, get the best flour, not just the ordinary stuff that we would normally make our bread with, but get the best and make some bread for our visitors. And then he, run and he t- runs and he tells the hired hand, kill the best fatted calf and let's barbecue some steaks. And he brings out hors d'oeuvres and they have cheese and yogurt and milk and all. And it's a lavish feast. And he goes, all, all, he goes out of his way for three people that he has never met. And I think that's an interesting uh, point. You know, it's one thing if Abraham would have killed the fatted calf for, for his friends and his family and, and gone to all this work. But why for three strangers? Isn't that kind of interesting? And so I just was brainstorming on this. I was thinking, why would Abraham go out of his way for three people that he's never met before and maybe will never see again. Maybe Abraham's kind of lonely and he thinks there's potentially some good friends or 
Maybe he thinks, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah is just up the road. Maybe he thinks, I better stay on these guys' good side. Maybe they are bad dudes and I don't, and I don't want them to come and do harm to me and my family. Or maybe Abraham's just the type of guy that likes to host. Some of you are good hostesses and hosts and you love to entertain and to have people in your homes. And then maybe, and here's the fourth suggestion, and this is the one that I think makes the most sense. This is all speculative, right? But here's what I think. Maybe, it was, maybe Abraham went out of his way to welcome these strangers because he knew what it was like to be a stranger in a foreign land. You see, a number of years ago, God had called Abraham to go to a place he had never been before. He knew what it was like to be a stranger in a foreign land, not to know anybody And maybe this is how he would have liked people to treat him when he moved to the area. In Hebrews chapter 11, which is what we sometimes call the faith chapter, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go, go to a place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. So Abraham knew how hard it was to be a stranger in a foreign land. And this is a good starting point for us to consider as we consider being, as we uh, talk about being a community church, as a welcoming church. I think it's good for us to sometimes step back and to put ourselves in the shoes of those who would come into our midst and think, how is it that they feel when they come into our church? Some of us have been coming to the same church for a long, long time. We forget what it's like to uh, come to church for the very first time. You forget just kind of that anxiety. Will anyone accept me? Will I, if I stay for lunch after the service, will anybody sit with me or will I sit there by myself the whole time? We forget what it's like to not know uh, anyone here. And and that's true for anyone that visits a church. And, And I grew up in the church and I feel that way when I go to a new church for the first time. But what about the spiritual seeker who has never stepped foot in a church? Thinks, well, who are this? This place might be a cult and a bunch of weirdos. And uh, what if it's what if it's a really strange place? But to but to for us to put ourselves in those in in their shoes and think, how would I like to be treated? How would I like to be welcomed? Would I like to have someone to come up and show me hospitality and cur- come and sit with me and? And, uh, and, and, sh- and let them and introduce me to someone they know so that I can, uh, if they are coming, we assume that this, they're looking for a place where they can belong and grow in their faith. And so how are we welcoming them? It's not always easy to be good hosts. It's, ra- it's, it's more comfortable to just kind of stick with ourselves. But we're talking about going out of our way to talk to those that would come. When Chelsea and I, Chelsea and I have been married now over 10 years, and uh, my parents come and visit us once a year. And so uh, the first year that we were married, 
I remember uh, Chelsea went out of her way to be a good hostess, to make sure that my parents uh, felt comfortable when they came and visited us. She wanted to show that she's a good housewife and everything is taken care of. And so there was not a speck of dust in the whole house. I mean, it was spick and span. She had menus laid out. The food was packed. Uh, the refrigerator was packed with food. She had activities planned. She had gifts to offer. And I'm thinking, Chelsea, you're going to way too much work. This is, my parents aren't going to care that much. My parents came a couple months ago, and we did a Costco run the night before they came, and uh, we pulled out a vacuum the morning of, and, uh, but, but, and, and uh, hopefully I'm not getting myself into hot water here. Uh, Chelsea's very good hostess, okay? My parents always have a great time, but my point is we do things over and over again every week. We come to this church every week, and it's easy to kind of get comfortable, and then we, uh, we take our eye off the ball and we, un- and we forget that there, are, that there are people that are coming into our midst who may not know Jesus as their Savior. And they may not come back to the church if, if uh, they don't have a sense of, of feeling like this is a church where they can be themselves and, and find others that, are, that they can join with in this spiritual journey that they are on. And so my challenge for us this morning is to not get too comfortable. My challenge for us this morning is to open, up, to open up not only our lives, but our groups of friends to bring people in so that they can get to know not only ourselves, but others that we know and be included. You know, I'll be honest, uh, I have heard it said that, and this is just kind of a generalization that I've heard, that we as a church are a very friendly church, but we can be kind of clicky. Okay, that's, that's, I've heard this a few times. And so, but I, I hear that and I think, actually, I like clicks. I like having a group of people that are like my closest friends. I know I can be myself with and people that I can, that I can relate to. So here's my proposal for us. Let's not try to get rid of clicks. Let's actually just have an open door policy to our clicks. You know, let's just be, uh, let's, let's keep our close relationships and our close friendships. You got people that you like to eat with, no problem with that. But let's just, in, uh, be, let's, before we look for the people that we normally are with, because we know they're going to be there, let's look for someone new and then say, hey, you want to come and eat with the people that I eat with during lunch? Can I come and, uh, do you want to come to the group that I'm involved with? In fact, we have listed in our program all of these groups. In the middle of this page, it says ministry and fellowship groups. Fellowship groups are basically cliques, okay? Now that's, we're never going to call them cliques. But these are meant to be groups of people that you can relate to, that are in similar stages of life. You got your widow's group, you got your young marriage group, you got your singles dinner, college young adult, whole list of them. There's a whole, and the point of these groups is to have a place where we can relate. And so people that we can relate to, that, are in, that we are in similar stages of life, that we can really develop close friendships. What if when you see someone in the church, you go out of your way to say, hey, my pops group, the parents of preschoolers, is meeting next Sunday. Won't you come and join us uh, next Sunday as we meet? Or 
You know, we have the Orange Family Time every last Sunday of the month. Right? Why don't you come and join us in that or whatever the group, whatever group. We try to have a group that everyone could fit in. And so here is an opportunity to go out of our way to welcome people. And in the midst of that, as we do that, I honestly believe that the Lord will bless us. Last week, Pastor Rick got us started on this series and preaching, uh, preached a great message on the, the story of two men that are traveling from uh, Jerusalem to their home in Emmaus. And as they're walking along the way, Jesus himself comes up and is walking with them, but they don't recognize him right away. It's only after they invite Jesus into their home to spend the night and Jesus bows to pray for the meal that their eyes are opened and they realize that they are with the Lord himself. We have a similar dynamic here in this passage. Abraham comes and he invites the strangers to come and to eat with him, but he does not know that it is the Lord himself. But the passage states right out, the first line of it is, the Lord appeared to Abraham. This is God himself in Abraham's midst. And I just want to put a radical and what I think is a biblical uh, uh, reality out to us. When we welcome the stranger into our midst, it is as if we are welcoming God himself. That is what Jesus taught us, that when we welcome the stranger, we welcome Jesus himself. Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 25, he said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the, one of, for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Isn't that a radical thought? That's just a wonderful truth. When we welcome the stranger, when we welcome the visitor or the guest in our midst, we are welcoming Jesus himself. When you go out of your way to meet the needs of someone in your life, you are doing it as if you are doing it for Jesus himself. You come along. As people that come in, none of us come in empty. Uh, none of us come in with everything in our lives all hunky dory every week. We have needs, emotional needs, relational difficulties, financial things. There are all kinds. Of, when we serve one another, we are serving Jesus Himself. As we consider being a welcoming church, there is no greater blessing than serving Jesus himself and being in his presence. F.B. Meyer wrote a devotional book on the life of Abraham, and in his book, he talks about how God blesses those who receive him. He calls it the blessing principle, and this is how Meyer words it. He says the blessing principle is that God never leaves us in his debt. In other words, when we give to God, God always gives back to us far more than what we gave to him. So Meyer goes on to write, The Lord takes care to pay for his entertainment royally and divinely. 
And he gives all these examples. After Jesus uses Peter's fishing boat, he gives it back, nearly submerged by the weight of the fish that had been driven into the nets. Jesus sits down with his friends to a country marriage feast and pays for their simple fare by jars brimming with water turned into wine. Jesus uses five barley loaves and two small fish, but he fills the lad with an ample meal. And Abraham was no loser for the gracious hospitality. For as they sat at the meal, the Lord foretold the birth of Sarah's child. I will bless you this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So there is a blessing to welcoming those who would come into our midst. There is a blessing to serving the Lord. We never get the short end of the stick, but God always uh, blesses us. And so what might be the blessings of welcoming those into our church? Well, two very simple ideas. These are kind of obvious, but I think they're good to draw to our attention. The first blessing that we might receive is God's presence with us. Going back to that idea, when we welcome the stranger, we welcome Jesus himself. And that, I think, is felt very tangibly. I've walked into churches and I felt God's presence. And oftentimes it was in churches that just people went out of their way to love one another. I think God makes his presence felt in churches that are going out of their way to, uh, when the people are going out of their way to love one another. So one, we are blessed with God's presence with us. The second, we are blessed with the presence of those around us. As we welcome people into our midst, it is, it is inevitable that the Lord will add to our number. And with every person that comes into our church, they have potential to be a blessing. And it's not some far-fetched far potential, but it's a very real, very uh, guaranteed type of potential. Because everyone that comes into the church has the image of God planted within their hearts. And if they have faith in Jesus, they have the Holy Spirit with living within them. And with the Holy Spirit, there are spiritual gifts that we bless one another with. So we are doing a sermon series on being a welcoming church. We got the Connection Central. We're, make, we're doing tangible steps. But it is our hope that as a church, this would become a part of our DNA. As we've had conversations thinking about uh, being a welcoming church, there is one name that keeps coming up over and over again. Who is that? Does anyone want to? Bill Saito, exactly. Isn't that easy? Bill Saito has been, uh, Bill Sato has been uh, uh, doing this for years, just welcoming people into our church. So I thought, so I put together a little video. This highlights Bill and uh, the, some of those that he has welcomed into his church. And I asked Bill to just share, what is it that you do on Sundays? So let's watch this together. I came to this church, St. Gabriel Christian Church, about over 20 years ago. It was a small church, and when I entered that church, nobody greeted me until uh, a person named Bill Sato and his wife Tomoko came and said, welcome to St. Gabriel Christian Church. And my wife and I, Judy, we thought about it, and we said, this is a pretty friendly church. So we, we thought we'll come back again, and which we did. And we never stopped. We've still been coming to this church ever since, ever since that incident. I've been a member of West Covina Christian Church for about four years now. I just want to say that four years ago, it was Mr. Bill Saito who greeted me and welcomed me to this church. And that's why I continue to come back and ultimately 
join the kitchen staff for our kitchen duty. Thank you, Mr. Bill. My husband Chuck and I both started coming to this church probably about two and a half, three years ago as we moved from Lake Arrowhead down. And our first time coming here, it was nice to have the greeters, but Bill really stepped out above that and just really made us feel at home, kind of got us settled in the church, told us about the lunch afterwards. Um, when we came back from the, pro, you know, from the service, he personally took us to the food line and he got us how to go through the line and then got sat down with us and talked to us about where we came from and just felt very homey. It was so nice. And then as we came back again and again, he would always say, hi, how are you doing? How's life been? Um, it's such a personal touch and that's so important for all of us. Sitting in the pew by myself, like a neon sign sitting on me, standing out. And there's this young man preaching, and it was, it was okay. And I figured, you know, this is this church over yet. And, and as soon as it's done, there's a big slide upon that big screen that said coffee hour. And by myself said, we get some coffee and a donut, and, and we're still church shopping after this. And I walk into what was the social hall, and they had food, free lunch. So that's great, since I'm by myself, fill up my plate, sitting on a table, eating my lunch by myself, and I'm leaving. And this man sits down next to me and starts talking to me. He introduces himself as Bill, Bill Sato. And we're having, all of a sudden, we're having a conversation. And what did you think of it? It was okay. Well, that was, that was our, our, our former youth pastor. And he, 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 he leaves and he brings Pastor Rick, introduces him to me. And then he, he brings the pastor's wife, Amy, he introduces to me. And I end up making a commitment to come back the following Sunday. And after church, there is food again, and there is Bill again. And to, I just make a long story short, Bill made me feel comfortable, welcome. And if it wasn't for Bill and the time he spent helping me to be welcome, we wouldn't have come back. Because I remember after that second Sunday, I called Ann on the phone and says, this church could be our home. This is, this is a very, very good place to be. My name uh, is Bill Sato. Uh, and uh, I experienced uh, a problem. Uh, you, you experienced uh, quite a bit. Uh, I visited a church, uh, my wife and I, and uh, the first week uh, we went there, no one said hello to me or asked me if I knew him. And I continued to go to the church two extra three weeks. And I, after I got home on the third week, I told my wife, I didn't go to church to, to socialize, but at least somebody could say hello. Uh, are you new? Uh, things like that. Uh, so I decided to not go. Mm. I left the church and I came to uh, West Covina Christian Church, uh, I, I, together. And uh, I think she knew somebody in there, but with open arms they greeted us. And uh, I decided that uh, there needs to be somebody to greet new people.
And so every Sunday I get to uh, 10 o'clock, I stand out there uh, outside of the main sanctuary and greet new people. I ask them uh, if this is the first time and uh, how did you hear from us, uh, about us, and uh, uh, tell them their lunch uh, after service and anything uh, they want to know, I answer them. Okay, uh, just out of curiosity, this is, this is curiosity. How, how many people would you raise your hand and say, first Sunday I was here, at least in part I'm still here. Could be other reasons, but at least in parts because Bill came and talked to me. Oh my hat. Uh, that is a lot of people. Uh, that, that is an amazing... Uh, now, Bill would not come up here. That's why I had to take a video. Uh, uh, he doesn't want to be, uh, doesn't want to come up and stay. But I just thought that is a great example of how one person who's going out of his way to make guests feel welcome, the difference that that can make in the life of the church. And what if it wasn't just Bill and pastor and the pastors of the church and maybe a few of the leaders of the church? But what if this became really part of the DNA of our church? Now, I, know, I think we're a welcoming church, but I think there, are, there is room to grow. I think we can go, we can be like Abraham and just, and just really go out of our way. Now... When you go out of your way, obviously we're not. We're uh, you can go overboard, and people feel uncomfortable because you give them too much attention or something. I suppose, but I'm talking about just really being welcoming people in, and maybe, it, like I said, maybe you invite them to the Bible study group you're in. You invite them to eat lunch with you. You maybe even say, "Hey, you want to grab coffee or lunch during the week." But we go out of our way so that people can know that this is a place where they can come and grow in their faith. Now you may say, ah, but that Bill's good at that. I'm not good at that. Well, you know, I don't know, whatever. My point is, everybody's got their strengths. But more than anything, this is, I think, a thing that we can all do and put effort in. In fact, let me just, I know, uh, you'll say, okay, you're taking this out of context. Okay, well, take it as if, uh, if it's from the Lord or not. But Genesis 18, 14 says, in our story this morning, it's, uh, Sarah's questioning whether God can do what he has said uh, that she is going to do, have a child in her old age. And God says to her, is anything too hard for the Lord? Boy, it's not easy being a good host. It's much easier to stick with your own group of friends and say, this is my group, and uh, you know, I'm not going to take time to welcome those that are around me. It's hard, but as the Word of God says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Let's pray.
Father God, we just really thank you for people like Bill who go out of their way to really love everyone that comes through our doors. And God, I pray that we would be like Abraham, all of us, that this would be part of the DNA of our church. When we think about uh, having true community, God, I pray that we'd be like Abraham and just welcoming the guests that would come into our church. Just go out of our way to say hello and ask them questions. And ultimately, just that they would know that this would be a place where they can sense the love of the body of Christ and ultimately your love. So God, continue just to form us and mold us into being the church that you would have us to be. God, ultimately, we want to be a welcoming church because you are a welcoming God. And that all of us at one point were were strangers to our knowledge of you, and yet you welcomed us into your family. And I pray that we would have that same attitude to welcome those that would come into our midst. And so we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.